0: Hey, good morning, friends. How are we doing? Hey, I, I, we don't do this enough, but there's people in this to make something like this happen. There's people back here in the children's ministry. There's people with security. There's people serving you uh, coffee and getting here early in the morning for all those things. There's people that greet you. And then our praise team just blesses me. Can we just clap for them real quick for all the things that they do? I, I'm not a type of person who usually gets moved, but I'm sitting there in the chairs listening to our team minister us, and, and it just moves me. And I'm so grateful just for the body that I get to be a part of here. My name is Charlie, and I'm an elder. And last week, we started a, a series on regeneration. It's just a ministry that we have here at Stone Point. And we, it's a 12-step ministry. We talked about the first three steps last week. Today, we'll talk about steps four, five, and six. And the next two weeks following, we'll, we'll finish that up. But if you were here last week, you saw Edward on screen from Edgewood. And welcome, Edgewood, and those online. Um, He did an illustration. He had a backpack that he carried around. And before he put the backpack on, he actually put bricks in there. And he had words on there such as discontentment. And on another brick, he might have had lust. On another brick, he might have had anger. And he would put these bricks, little bricks, in his backpack. And he kind of carried them around just illustrating that we carry stuff around. You do. I do. We all do. But the first step of regeneration is something that's called admit, and in, in uh, Romans 7:18 it says, "For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh." I have the desire to do what's right, but I don't have the ability to carry it out. And the first step that Edward talked about last week was just to admit that uh, those things, basically Romans 7:18. The next step that he talked about was to, just to believe in God's goodness. He's a holy God, and, and our our intentions, uh, His in, in good intentions. Or everything that we need. And we just need to believe in that. And the, and the third step in this regeneration ministry is called trust. And that's the biggest single decision that you and I will make in all of eternity. And that's to trust in the lordship of Jesus Christ and to yield our life to him. And that's the third step in regeneration. We can't really get to a place of trust until we admit our own brokenness and really believe in God's goodness. And Edward kind of capitalized that in, a, in this illustration of when we trust God, we take this junk off in this backpack, and we, we give it to God. But there's more to it than that, and that's what we're going to get in today. The fourth step in regeneration is something that they call inventory. And I'm going to tell you a joke, and it's a bad joke, but I'm going to tell it to you anyway. Right. The other day, I went to a restaurant with a couple of friends, and we're sitting there, and then Jesus walks in, and he comes over to a table right beside us, and he orders a glass of water. And, man, we watch him turn into wine. We go, that's pretty cool. So we, hey, come over, sit with us. He comes and sits with us, and, and a friend of mine has a bad leg, and he's telling Jesus about his bad leg, and, and Jesus reached, reached over and touched his leg. Man, he was, man, I'm healed. And I broke my back in 2002, so he reached over and touched my back, and, man, I stood up straight and upright for the first time in decades. Then he started to go to my other friend, and he, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa don't touch me, man. I'm on disability. The, the sad, the sad truth to that is there are a lot of us. We laugh at that, but there's a lot of us who really, we can't really describe it. We don't want God to touch us, really, because we're comfortable in our junk, and that's what inventory really, really does. My wife and I and our family, we lived in Galveston County. I was coaching down there when Hurricane Ike hit, and you may remember that. My, my children and my wife, they fled north, but I stayed back. And I saw the calamity and the disaster and the devastation that was there. And as you can imagine, relief teams came in, right? And what's their job? Their job is to assess the situation. Hey, we got to throw this out. We need to keep this. Oh, this is going to need a lot of restructuring because it's lost its stability. And that's what it. That's kind of what inventory is. It's kind of like the, the EMT at the scene of a crash, and the, this is huge accident. They're coming in assessing the vital signs of this patient determining what to do next that's what inventory is it's it's those things how sin has deeply affected yourself you're going to help clean out the wreckage that's cluttering your life that's regeneration we just sung a song about fan the flame that nothing gets between me and the lord that's that's regeneration regeneration we want to do those things. We, Edward, it's those things in the backpack that we gave the Lord. But sometimes we got to get out, look at the bricks, and analyze them. Where did that come from? Where did this, where's the root of that in my soul? What sits on the throne of my heart that shouldn't be there? We need to take it out, assess it, realize where it came from, and put it to death. That's regeneration, the inventory part of regeneration. Because God wants to do more than just fix our problems. We come go over here and get our problems fixed, put a Band-Aid on it, and then go on. But we want our problems to be healed. We want to give those to the Lord. And if I'm going to give a little disclaimer. If there's a young person in here, I'm going to talk about some things that you, you, if they're young, um, you may not want them to be here for. So a little disclaimer. But I watched Brandon, our, our lead pastor, two years ago stand on this stage and give us a challenge to go to Regen two years ago. About a year ago, I went through it. Um, and I really sat there and go, man, that, that Regen stuff, that's for the sex addict. No, that Regen stuff, that's for the drug addict. That regeneration, that's for the alcoholic. It's far more than that. It's for you, it's for I. You could be sitting here today and you could be dealing with, you were molested when you were little. You could be coming from a broken home. You could be coming from, you were fatherless. You were unwanted. You could be coming from a place where you were physically abused, emotionally abused, ridiculed, or worse. You could be in a marriage right now, and you and your spouse are on your last thread. You're really struggling just to, just to make your marriage work. You could be dealing with lots of things. You could be gluttony. You could be greedy. You could be worldly. You could be coveting wealth and, and material things. You could be slothful. You sit around and play video games all day. You're on your social media all day, just coping with life, dealing with anger or worse, wrath and malice. You could be sitting or envious of others, judgmental spirit of others, full of lust. You could be prideful. You could go in a dark room and give yourself sexual pleasure. You could be dishonest. You could be in a situation where sex outside of wedlock or adultery. Maybe you're dealing with same-sex attraction. And there's probably a lot of men within, ear, within hearing of my voice that deal with pornography or just secular, secularism in general. You may feel responsible for something you've done that was an accident or something done to you when it wasn't your fault. You're dealing with junk. You are. I am. We are. We live in a broken world. Inventory is just giving those things to God. But more than that, how to give those things to God. They could be good things. i got two daughters who are in college, and I think they probably covet marriage. And that's a displaced worship in their heart, the idea of marriage. My wife, I love her to death. And there's been times in my life where I've idolized her. And that's a good thing, but it's displaced worship. So it doesn't have to be a bad thing. But it could be your, your children. There's parents out here that, that they're displaced worship over their own children. It could be your marriage. It could be your job, your career, you're moving up the corporate ladder. But whatever it is, you'll be disappointed. Whatever it is, your expectations will not ever be met. And it'll lead you in the wrong direction. So inventory is just something we expose to the light. And we're commanded to do that. You'll see on the screen, 1 John 1, 6, it says, if we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. We can't keep our stuff in the darkness. Because our sin nature, man, it's deceptive. The damage of sin from this hidden sin is what the devil wants to do. He wants to keep it hidden. He wants to keep it hidden from you where you won't recognize it, keep it hidden from God and certainly from others. Ephesians 5, 8 and 11 through 11 says, For at one time you were darkness, but now you're the light of the world, the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them and that's what inventory does in regeneration is it exposes your sinful patterns and it only exposes your sinful patterns it was a place where you can deal with those sinful patterns and you can put those sinful patterns to death the second reason we do is just to die to our sinful nature Colossians 3 verses 3 to 10 I'll read a little bit fast for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God and Christ Who is your life appears, then you will appear with him in glory. And then it says, put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Those earthly things in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, which is is idolatry. Put those things to death. It goes on to say, on account of these, the wrath of God is coming in these. You too once walked when you were living in them. And then it goes on to say, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander. And obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices that have put on the new self, which is be, being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. When our idols are not laid, laid to rest and we have, we have real issues, and the devil wants to keep shame from sin and all those things in the dark. And the one other reason we really do inventory, and it's an all-out hunt. There's probably a lot of hunters in the room. This is an all-out hunt of understanding what your idols are and and what your worship patterns are. It's kind of like a map. Because we'll just trade one symptom for another symptom for another symptom until we then deal with our sinful nature. And we'll worship anything but the one true God. Because we look for significance. We look for security. We look for love. We look for provision. We look for life in the wrong places. And when we do, we experience pain, broken relationships, discouragement, fear, low self-esteem as we search for meaning. And the last thing that imagery really does, and I won't expound this a lot, but it's a huge thing, is it allows us to understand God's great love for us. It's like a picture of all the junk we've done, the debt that Christ himself has paid this and this, this molestation, this covetousness, this anger, this greed, this judgmental spirit, whatever it is, our Lord, our Holy Lord paid the death penalty for this. He paid it for this. He paid it for this and this and this and this. And this all because of His great, undying, relentless love in pursuit of us. It's a picture of the magnitude of God's love for us as we go through inventory. Colossians 2, verses 13 and 14 would say, And you were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your your flesh, which basically means we weren't Jews, God made alive together with him, having forgiven all trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against you and its legal demands. So all these legal things we've done, the judge would slam his gavel down and say guilty and cast us away, but the ransom Jesus paid for us, he basically nails it on the cross, as it says in this verse. He set it aside. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11 would say, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immorality, the idolaters, the adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revivals, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So that's why we go to regeneration to, to disrobe ourselves of those things. And after re- uh, re- uh, recovery, inventory, excuse me, it'll lead to confession, which is the next step in regeneration. I must have, there's an image coming up on the screen. It's got a bomb in World War II. It's going off. And it's not going off in World War II. Is it up there? There it is. It's not going off in World War II. It's, go- it's gone off about 18 months ago in Munich, Germany. After World War II, they were quick to rebuild all the devastation that, that happened in Germany. They started rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding. And now they got bombs that they're discovering. They call in the, the demolition experts and they can't disarm it. So then they got to evacuate three or five thousand people and, and then set it off. And the devastation is crazy. That's 18 months ago, less than. We do the same thing. We don't take time and we just rebuild. We go on and go, go through life. Um Because all of us, not all of us maybe, but definitely most of us are riddled with explosives from past conflicts. We have unconfessed sin that we have buried. Some of it's decades old. And it's in there. And we build our lives around them in in unhealthy ways to cope with those patterns. And we're unsuccessful in doing that. Because we need to give those bombs that are in our life, we need to give them to the expert disarming Ability of God, because he can and will do those things for us. Because I can tell you, friends, confession is a gift. And it's worth saying again, confession is a gift. And I'll even say it a third time. Confession is a gift. First John 1, 7 through 9, we're going to break this down a little bit. It says, but if we walk in the light as he, as he is in light, we have fellowship with one another. And the truth and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us or cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Because in regeneration and confess, we confess our sins to God and to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our sins. So let's break down this verse 7, 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sins. And the key there is fellowship with one another because we can't do it alone. We need to to confess our sins to other people. And if you're like me, you've definitely told the truth, but you didn't tell the whole truth. So you told half truth because you didn't want to be fully exposed. Or you you lied to somebody by omitting something. Or we just flat out told a white lie. So we're not fully exposed. I had a friend of mine tell me one time, hey, I didn't want to tell you everything I just did because I didn't want to lose credibility. And Just the opposite is true. You lost credibility with me because you're, you, you're covered up and being deceitful. Be honest, because the heart that tells is the heart that's well. And I promise you, the friends that I know that I know the junk they've gone through, the hell that they've been through, then those are the friends that I really love because I know where they're coming from and they're exposing themselves. And our, our corporate worship here It's basically everybody right here. It's kind of hard to do those things here. That's why our church encourages you and wants you. As a matter of fact, we'll admonish you if you're not in a journey group because there you can do life. You can do the one another's scripture, pray for another, walk down the lonely roads of these things, this calamity of things that we've mentioned. You can do life with them and love them well and be loved well in those things. That's why we have a regeneration ministry that meets on Monday nights for you to come in a safe place and experience God's healing and and be able to be well, not just fixed, but be healed. James 5, 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other that you may be healed. Romans 8, 1 would say, Therefore, is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. It's a safe place. Sometimes if you're like me, you'll sit around and go, Man, it's easy for me to share those acceptable sins. Some things I mentioned earlier may be not acceptable sins. Because Satan, I promise you, he's our our real enemy. And he wants you to keep sin in the darkness. You know why? Because he wants to accuse you. He wants to make you feel guilty. He wants to make you feel dirty. He wants to make you feel shameful. And he wants to make you feel condemned. And he's good at what he does. Sometimes we might try to self-medicate. But I promise you, time does not heal all wounds. My mama, God rest her soul, lied to me when I was a kid because she told me sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I've healed from a lot of broken bones, but some of the things people have said to me or done to me have haunted me. Stuffing it away will only cause it to fester. I can promise you no amount of good works will make it go away. I can come over here, I can get on the couch and eat ice cream. It's not going to go away. I can go get a bottle of scotch and drink it. It doesn't go away. I can get a six-pack of beer, it doesn't go away. I can go smoke weed, it doesn't go away. I can get in a dark room and watch porn, it doesn't go away because nothing will numb it long enough. Matthew eleven eighteen 18 says, the Lord says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for your soul. Another reason we confess our sins is we want to confess to others. I'm sorry. confess to ourselves. Next verse in verse eight, it says, "If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us." I mean, you know what you're doing, right? You know what's the dark stuff going on in your life? It's basically just come out of denial. Some of you, the biggest thing you'll do today is just admit, "Man, I got a problem. I'm doing this, or I'm doing that, or I'm not doing this, or I'm not doing that." Because we know the definition of insanity. People that keep doing the same thing over and over again expecting different results. So some of you just need to come up and say, man, I got a problem. I got this going on. I need to confess that, not only to others, but to myself. Because we lie to ourselves. The third thing we do is confess to God. The last verse there in verse 9, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and He is just and He will forgive us our sins and purify us or cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We can explain it away. We can rationalize it. We We can justify it. We can ask for forgiveness, but we don't even really have to ask for forgiveness. The Lord asks us to just confess it. Think about the Adam story when Adam and Eve sinned and Jesus walked to the garden. Hey, yo, Adam, where are you? Hey, Adam, where are you? Oh, I'm over here. I'm naked. Hey, who, who told you you were naked? I mean, God knows what's going on. He just wants you to confess. Admit it. Admit what you are done. Admit your sin. And some of us go, man, I can't forgive myself. And maybe you can't. Probably you can but God Almighty can because bombs are like unconfessed sin. They don't go away. They go off. And that leads us to our last our sixth step. The last one I'll share today in the regeneration ministry. Step six is repent. And we know what repentance is. We've heard this, but it's to be Second um, 2 Timothy 2.22 would say, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and patience. And here's the key. Along with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. Don't do it alone. We are not wired to do it alone. We can't expect to change and do it alone. The definition of repentance from the Greek word is from metatonia, which basically means a change of heart and change of mind. But repentance, it goes hand in hand with confession. Because we confess to get healed, but then when we repent... We get free. And, and true, lasting freedom will come and be found in repentance. You notice this little thing on my elbow. I had elbow surgery on Tuesday just a few days ago. But for a long time, I can go over there, All oh my elbow hurts. I get a cortisone shot. I get a, you know, I'm just getting a Band-Aid on, a Band-Aid on. So I'm not really fi- di- with, uh, dealing with the problem. you agree? It's just short-term relief. So eventually, I go to the doctor. On Tuesday, I get surgery. I get surgery to be healed of the issues in my elbow. The same is true with regeneration, with inventory, and going through confession and repentance and the other steps is we go not to get a quick fix, to truly get a surgical procedure by the Lord Almighty and be healed and be free of the junk and the clutter in our lives that sits on our throne and where it shouldn't be and give it to God where he can stomp it out. Some of us want a GD that's over here, some of us want a Jesus, but some of us just want a genie. We want to have fire insurance. i got to come over here and get my insurance when I need it. Hey, I'll come over here on occasion. Lord, fix all my pieces when they're broken. Hey, Lord, I need a bell out of this because something's not going on. Hey, Lord, I need an ease and comfort plan. You go back your way. Sometimes I'll we'll come back over here and go, oh, I need to get, your monkey, get this monkey off my back. And that's not, the Lord's not our genie. We need to come over here and get to a place where we can go through our inventory, get our junk out of our life, confess it, reveal it, and then repent and turn about face and live our lives for the Lord. That's, that's what real repentance is. In John 5, verses 2 through 9, it's coming on the screen. A few months ago, I was in Israel, and I'm going into Jerusalem, and I'm going through this very gate called the Sheep Gate, and it's a Sheep Gate where they basically bring in the sheep and those things that are going to be sacrificed to the Lord, and just inside that's this pool. And now they're in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate, a pool in Aramaic called Basada, which means house of mercy, which has five roof colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had been there for a long time, and he asked him, you want to be healed? It's a rhetorical question, Right? But God wants you to confess. Lord, I need you to heal me. And what's the guy giving? Sir, I've had no one to put the pool in water when it stirs up. I'm get it up. He gives an excuse. We all got excuses. They're like belly buttons. We all got one. All right? <laughs> but we, God didn't want to hear our excuses. He wants to hear you confess and fall on your knees. Because true repentance leads to transformed lives, not fixed problems. He wants us to surrender. He wants to be more than just your Savior. He wants to be your Lord Almighty. He wants you to trust his master plan. Luke 9, 23 through 25 would say, And Jesus said to all, If anyone will come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever will save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what is it man to prof- what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? So some of us have to do that daily, surrender, because we're experts at sins. We come from dysfunctional families. We've had a lifetime of training how to respond to life, coping with life through worldly solutions rather than God's righteous divine plan. And sometimes we're so, we have a hard time parting away with our sin because we'd really be sad to see it go. That's why I used to joke earlier, don't touch me, I'm disabled, because we're too comfortable and we're afraid of the unfamiliar. And lastly, how, how do you repent? It's real simple. The first verse I shared, in Romans seven eighteen, 18, Lord, I know that nothing good dwells in me. I have the desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it. I just admit that, man, I am messed up. Yes. The second thing is just believe. Lord, I believe in your goodness, that you, your perfect plan is so much better than infinitely better than anything my own. I believe in you. And we, we trust him and we repent. Because repentance is where the rubber meets the road. So have a game plan. Share your plan. What is your game plan to overcome whatever junk you got going on? Involve other people. Let others know what your triggers are that set you off, and let them know your plan and how you plan to respond to temptation when it comes because that adversity will rear its ugly head in your mind or in your flesh. Ask for prayer. Involve others when you're tempted. I coached for 30-something years, and I've said this to my football team hundreds of times. I want one thing from you. I only want one thing from you, Kenny. I only want one thing from you, Philip, DJ, which one thing? And that's everything you got. That's what I believe our Lord is saying. He wants you to get rid of all these things that so easily ensnare us and run the race with great perseverance. But we've got to identify what entangles us. We've got to be wise enough to overcome the hurdles or avoid them so we can be all that God calls us to be. Psalms, I'll close in this. Psalms 16:11 says, you make known to me the path of life and in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I've been pursuing Christ for over 40 years and I can tell you it's been hard, but it's been worth it. And the last verse I'll share is the words of Jesus himself. It says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Some translations say have it to the full. So I pray that you would know the Arthur, the perfecter, the creator of life, and you would come to a place where you can have life to its full. I'm going to invite a couple up here on the stage real quick. This is a couple who's recently gone through inventory. One of them, the other one's still in, in uh, excuse me, gone through regen, and the other one's in the middle of regeneration right now. So welcome to the stage, and I'll let them introduce themselves.
1: Hi, my name is Amber. I have a new life in Christ, and I struggle with pride, finding acceptance, and self-worth in others, and humbling myself at the moment. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)
2: Um, I am Bart Harper, and... I have a new life in Christ, and I struggle with pride, passivity, and laziness.
0: And Some of you are hearing them say uh, welcome and all that. They're just saying it's kind of a Regen thing. They, they welcome them, and we say thanks for sharing and those kind of things. It's a very safe place to share. So, Amber, I'll ask you the first question. What, what um, brought you to Regen? What was your life like before Regen?
1: So, life before Regen looked like just carrying a heavy weight of sin and past hurt, uh, sought to control every situation, and most of the time it was based out of fear.
0: And so what was something that brought you to regeneration? I think... Your journey group maybe? The,
1: the journey group uh, that Bart and I were a part of for three and a half years, um, just really helped to soften my heart towards my need for community and not living in isolation. Um, and just really, one day, the Lord just said to me, if not now, when? And so out of a desire to be obedient to Him, I said, okay. So I followed Him and started this journey.
0: So Bart, what was your life like before Regen?
2: Uh, so before Regen, uh, I was very go with the flow. Uh, that, that passiveness, uh, just kind of avoiding conflict and letting whatever happened happen and pretending like it didn't bother me or uh, anything like that. Um, I also wasn't leading my, due to that, I was not leading my family biblically. I wasn't being the head of my family the way the Bible says we should as, as husbands. And I would let the burden of decision-making uh, fall on Amber's shoulders.
0: So was there any one thing or a couple things that brought you to Regen?
2: So that passivity, um, just going with the flow. When when Amber said, "Hey, let's do regen," I said, "Okay, <laughs> well, well, let's do regen." Uh, Brandon had had challenged the men in our journey group a couple years ago to to go through regen, and I wanted to at that time, but just due to our jobs, uh, we only got to see each other really about two whole days out of the week. And so we just didn't have that margin for time to just put another thing on our plate. And then when she felt the leading to go to Regen, I was like, yeah, let's do it.
0: So so Bart's about to commence from Regen tomorrow night. They don't call it graduating. They call it commencement because we're going to commence and continue living this life for Christ. So what's one thing that you took, it away from Regen that you'll uh, take with you?
2: So, it, it, as, as Charlie just said, it, it's not a graduation. You don't, you don't finish regen. You continue on through the rest of your life, regenerating every day, picking up your cross and carrying it for the Lord. Um, and, and so th- this is not a quick fix self-help program. It is each step teaches you how to live the Christian life, not just to put a Band-Aid on your problems but to actually give all those problems to God and, and let Him work through your life so you can just live your life as a Christian needs to.
0: And, and Amber's a little bit behind Bart. She's currently in, I believe, step nine in, in the regeneration process, but what's one thing that you have taken away from Regen so far?
1: So, I would say, as I looked at my inventory, which Charlie talked about earlier, just laying out everything before the Lord that you've ever done, things that have been done to you, um, just, I saw how broken I was, and um, that when I was younger, I gave my life to the Lord, and I made Him my Savior, but never fully made Him Lord of my life, and as all of that was laid before me, it was like, wow, Christ died for this. He died for this. He died for this. And so it really renewed my love for him and helped me to see the high price that he paid for me. And so I would say instead of managing sin like I used to, it looks like just fully surrendering your life to the Lord and and just giving control over to him.
0: Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Now that if you've seen Bart... Obviously, before regeneration, now about a year later, about to commence. What's one thing that you, or a couple things you'd say, you've seen change or growth in him?
1: So Bart mentioned his passivity, and uh, <laughs> he he does struggle with that from time to time. But I would say that his desire is to lead our family well, and um, he is very quick to pray for me now when he sees that I'm struggling in a certain area. And his time is, um, his devotion to the Lord has, he's really grown in
0: that. We'll ask Bart a similar question. Amber's, you know, three-fourths the way through regeneration. What's one big change you've noticed or a couple big changes you may have noticed in her?
2: So one of Amber's things due to past hurts and, and uh, situations, she she likes to control and. That's one of the things she struggles with is controlling things. And she has, as I've moved out of passivity into actually trying to lead our family, she has relinquished that control and I'm going to say the S word, submitted. Um, but she, she works on that submission in a godly way. Um, she's also opened up a lot more to the women in her life that are willing to push in on her and, and help that iron sharpening iron, um, just letting go of those pains, talking about them, uh, learning that she's not struggling alone.
0: Thanks for sharing. I'll ask them just one more question. It'll be for you, Amber. Um, give us something or a couple things maybe you are taking away personally that you've gathered and learned in your time at Regeneration.
1: It's just, so I'll just speak on amends, um, which is step nine I'm currently in. Um, amends is just simply owning your part in a relationship where there was sin on your part and just asking for forgiveness and allowing the Lord to lead you in that. So for me, it just every single one of the steps takes me back to step three, which is trust. And I just have to ask myself, do I trust the Lord in the process for the outcome, even if it never means reconciliation? Um, I can just, I can trust the Lord that I've done my part to live peaceably with all, which is Romans
0: 12:18. Yeah, as long as it depends on you, live at peace with others. Yeah, thank y'all for sharing. Thank y'all for coming up and sharing your experiences that y'all have had and, and are still having in regeneration. Just want to close with this. Um, as we pursue God, we have lots of eternal world, rewards that you cannot buy. You can't purchase. You can't purchase from anywhere. God's unfailing love, his fullness of joy, the perfect peace that surpasses all understanding, patience that, en- that um endures suffering, kindness that leads to temptation, that leads to repentance, goodness for all our days, faithfulness that saves, gentleness which restores, self-control that we can bring God glory in. Being content in all circumstances, and, and just as it says in Psalms 23, we can go through green pastures and still waters, but he gives rest to our soul. He restores our soul. We can't buy those things anywhere else. And we're just grateful to live in a, a community and go to a church that offers things like this where we can be fully restored and, and be fully vessels of, of God, honoring him in all things in our lives. And, and I just want to invite you to regeneration if that you feel like it's something for you, if the Holy Spirit's moving in you it's a safe place. They meet on Monday nights right here, 7 o'clock. You we'll know, have an open enrollment for the next few weeks as we go through this uh, series. Um, I just want to end with the illustration of that joke. When God's there to touch you, and he's touching people around you. Don't claim your disability. Relinquish it to the Lord so that he can heal you, and you can find freedom in him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. I thank you for the Harpers and their willingness to share and be vulnerable and be transparent and in, in front of our body. I just thank you for our, our praise team and, and so many people that give you their time and their resources and their talents um, to this local body so that we can be about your service in this community and, and abroad into the world. Uh, just pray that you would purge us to be all that can be in you. and the Holy Spirit, you would indwell with us richly and spur us to all that we could be in Christ. We love you, Lord. And we make much of you in all we do. In your name we pray, amen.